0: There's a difference between translation and teaching sometimes. Translation can't isn't going to get it perfect, but it, hopefully it gets enough in there so that whatever culture you're trying to reach starts identifying with some of it and gets interested in learning more.
1: hey everybody welcome back I'm Seth this is a can I say this a church podcast I'm very happy that you're here and thank you for downloading ah I am really excited about this one so I have no announcements today right the intro is this long this is it well let me back up Terry Wildman is on the show there's a new translation of the New Testament and he was a massive part of it I have read portions of it. I have it here on my desk, and I've really been enjoying reading it. And yeah, here we go. End of intro. Let's do this thing. All right, here we go. Terry Wildman, no, I said it wrong. See, Wildman, Terry Wildman. Uh, welcome to the show. That'll be the last time I try to say your last name, just because it, it breaks my brain for some reason. I'm excited you're here, and I'm very thankful for both yours and InterVarsity's patience with my issues with scheduling. It's just a hot mess, but I'm glad that we finally made this happen. Very much so. Welcome to the show.
0: Hey, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. on Your show.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, an honor. Uh- So I want to start with a question that I usually start with and uh, just to lay some context. And so, because you've been a part of a project that ended up being a, a book or actually probably multiple books bound together into a, into a library that we would call a version of the gospel or the new Testament. So my question is when you try to tell people the highlights or the lowlights of what and who is Terry, what do you answer to that?
0: Well, um, I've been a Jesus follower, uh, for a long time, ever since about 1978, I think it was, um, no, actually earlier than that, 19, just after high school, 1972, um, I'm a grand great grandfather, grandfather, father, I have lots of children and, and, uh, grandchildren and great grandchildren. So, uh, uh, and I guess my family got started early. Um, in terms of ministry, I guess, uh, for lack of a better word, um, my wife and I have been involved with Native uh, ministry for uh, over 20 years now. Uh, we lived five years on the Hopi Indian Reservation, uh, learning about a very traditional people, a beautiful people, the Hopi. And that's where the idea for this translation, the First Nation Version, uh was, was began was while I was living on the Hopi reservation. But, um, um, you know, I, I never imagined myself to be a Bible translator. Mm -hmm. Um, My wife and I do music. Um, uh, we write our own music. We record our own music. We've actually won some awards. It's really been wonderful. Um, and I think, uh, some of that, um, songwriting idea of, of putting words together, uh, helped me in this process, but without a Bible translation organization that came behind us and stood behind us, one book of Canada and and uh, uh, who, who are part of the Global Alliance of uh, Wycliffe Translators, um, I you know I don't know what would have happened with this translation. They helped make it better. They helped me do it right. They uh, mm-hmm. even even though I um, you know I was going to do it regardless, but. Uh, creator opened that door to, to help us. So, um, but before we get too much farther, um, you know, there's something I like to do on all my interviews and that is I like to do, uh, what's called a land acknowledgement. I want to acknowledge the land that I live on and the traditional people of that land. So I live, my wife and I live in Maricopa, Arizona. We live on the traditional lands of the Pima and the Tohono O'odham people. And so, um, just, it's good to acknowledge uh, the original people of the land. Um, Acts 17 talks about how creator God gave us, uh, gave people uh, exactly the boundaries where they would live. And he, he, put it, he put people in different places on earth, it says, so they could seek him out and find him. So uh, it's, it's good to acknowledge that uh, natives were here first. Um, and there's a long history to this land that goes way before the United States of America.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, I um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, I was listening to one on the way uh, home to talk to you today. Is was uh, listening to an episode of Factually, which I like puns, and the word factually just rings true for me. But the guy <laughs> brings people on, and they talk about some of the history of different things with new context, and they had on a like whatever a scientist would be for Jurassic Park whatever that is but for people climate ecosystems and the way that humans and the creation kind of live together mm-hmm. going back and and then she's like well we just need she started out saying well we have a myth that we just need to dispel that somehow America was some pristine place before we arrived she's like that's ridiculous like there there were there were many many generations of humans that lived here well before us that knew how to take <laughs> care of the land and what you saw that was beautiful was intentionally so. And it was just, I I know some of that stuff from some of the stuff I read and listen to, but it was good to hear it kind of mentioned in a, in a further way.
0: Well, before I get too farther off track, I'd like to finish answering
1: who I am. Sorry. Sorry. I got Uh, excited. It's okay. It's
0: okay. (laughs) I kind of led us down that trail, but um, I have ancestry from the Ojibwe and from the Yaki people. The Ojibwe are kind of in the Great Lakes region, uh, up into Canada, over into Canada, before there was any borders. Uh, the Ojibwe are the largest uh, people group in the North American continent, as far as native, the original native people. And then um, the Yaqui people are, are out here in Arizona, uh, uh, originally f- across the border into Mexico. Uh, So that's part that's part of who I am. Mm. Um, And it's it it has been since my adulthood, a part of my my identity that I have been seeking out and and finding uh, uh, how that relates to my faith in in Jesus uh, as I follow him.
1: No, that's good, that's good for context. Sorry, my dogs are bothering me. They're excited because I haven't been home long enough for them to get it out of them.
0: <laughs> no words. Uh,
1: they keep bumping me. I'm sure you see me keep moving around. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so I, I did, I wanna lean into some of that because I don't know some of that context. So I am not, so I'm from West Texas and so I'm familiar with some of of, of the um, indigenous people from there. I'm not familiar with, the. so you said the Ojibwe people are the largest or among the largest. So what, like, can you give some context to that just for people listening, like me that are ignorant of that, like, it, like landmass or people mass, like how large are you speaking?
0: Well, the, the Ojibwe rich originally, um, they, they call themselves also Anishinaabe and Anishinaabe is, is a term that's many times used to describe themselves, uh, in their own language. It just means the people. Uh, sometimes we say the real people and apologize to the rest of you. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, the the Ojibwe are up into Canada above the Great Lakes, all the way down through Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, down on the other side uh, through, through um, Ontario and down uh, around that whole area. The uh, Anishinaabe are more than the Ojibwe. They're also a, a language group that includes the the Bdewatami, that includes the um, uh, Odawa, or some say Ottawa, and uh, and so it's it's a large people group uh, that that that. Um, lives around has traditionally lived around that region and that area but it's large in numbers because a lot of times when the tribes are when the numbers are counted for a people group you count in the united states you don't count who's in canada right where you count how many is in canada but when you combine both of those i've been told that it's the larger uh Mm. indigenous people group um on the continent so Mm.
1: yeah and just for clarity yeah, yeah, that that arbitrary line between the United States and Canada would not right. have existed. So, um, exactly. it, yeah, that's we, we made that up. Um, that that border did not exist and arguably does not exist. So, back to the reason that you're here. So, yeah. your publisher reached out. I read the title of of the of the text and I was greatly intrigued and has sent try since tried to to dig in a bit more. And so you have helped to curate or from what i understand maybe did an initial translation of an indigenous translation of the new testament am i saying that right or am i am i mischaracterizing that
0: well you're saying yes it is an indigenous translation of the new testament but it's not in the languages of our of our different people groups and tribal nations it's in english and so yeah. that's what makes it kind of unique. Uh, as far as we know, this is the only translation. This, uh, first nation version is the first translation that's been done this way by native people for native people and for all English speaking people really yes. it goes way beyond native people, but that's our, our first target is our own indigenous peoples, um, in this land. Um, and so, uh, we're trying to capture that, uh, the, the beauty, the simplicity of our tribal languages as they're spoken in English and in a more traditional speaking way, almost like an elder or a grandfather telling a young uh, person growing up the stories. We, uh, Native people are storytellers. Um, and so this, this translation, we try to capture the feel of a storyteller in, in the way it's been translated and such. Uh, and so there's a lot of uniqueness about it. There's things we've done that no other translation has done. But also, it follow, you could follow it in, in most translations.
1: What do you mean? Lean in on that. So what do you mean some things that you've done that no other translations have done?
0: Well, as far as I know, um, we've translated certain words very differently, even though we stay true to the meaning of the, of the original language in the New Testament, the Greek. For example, the word sin. We don't use the word sin mm. and one of the reasons for that is because it's sort of a trigger word a negative word for our native people because as we were assimilated or attempt or, or yes into boarding schools yeah. and forced assimilation and things like that um uh they would say oh it's a sin to sp- to speak your language yeah it's a sin to wear your hair long. It's a sin to do all these different things that were culturally part of us. And so, um, so that becomes a trigger word. There are better words for sin. We can say broken hearts. We can say wrongdoings. Those things are easier to relate to and they don't throw up the barriers. Yeah. Another thing is, is we, we didn't translate the word church as church. Most people don't understand the word church and how it relates back to the, to the scriptures and to who uh, Jesus is talking about when he uses and the new Testament writers use the word church. We decided on uh, the, the word church is, 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 is what is it? Ecclesia yep. or Ecclesia. Mm-hmm. And it means the, literally the called out ones, but it's used of, of gatherings. And it's used that uh, people who gather for a purpose to do business or to uh, gathering in their communities or even, even um, townships gathering in the the book of acts. They called that a church when, when they, when they gathered together or an ecclesia, we decided to use the relational meaning of the word. We call the church, the sacred family. Mm. And that has precedent in the scripture. The word oikos household, the church is the household of creator. Um, and so, um, but we have a, a section in the back of the translation, a glossary that takes most of these very important terms that you might experience differently in the scriptures and explains why we translated them the way we did.
1: Yeah. So there is, for, for those listening, if, if you're hearing this before the before the book is released, So there's like an excerpt, there's about 36 pages, which is really more like 15 pages or so. And I believe it's in Luke. And one of the things that has struck me as I've read through what I can get of this is there is a more narrative presentation of the stories um, that many that are going to pick this up are probably familiar with, maybe many aren't, and like even little things. So like there's a thing in here of the Song of Bitter Tears, And, you know, just the way that things are translated. So I'll just read a bit from it. And so there's a part in here and I'm not even sure what chapter I'm in. It doesn't matter. Um, So it says, you know, in verse 46, from deep in my heart, I dance with joy to honor the great spirit. Even though I am small and weak, he noticed me. Now I will be looked up to by all. And the mighty one has lifted me up. His name is sacred. He is the great and holy one. And then there's an aside there that says her face seemed to shine as she continued. There are those little asides that, I I like that. And I've read a few more of the little sections there. What is the purpose there of those kind of insertions of of contextual? For me, it kind of adds context, but I also like to read the Bible in a a way called Lectio Divina, which is something that many Protestants are not familiar with, but that feels right to me in a way that sometimes reading Scripture, that that is left out.
0: Right. Um, Well, one of the things that to to, uh, keep, Keep it more in a storytelling style, adding those sections, those places. And, and, and we clearly mark those as separate from the scripture itself mm-hmm. in the text. It's, it's, a, it's uh, italicized, I believe, and, and set apart a little bit so people understand that this is an added, uh, added thing. But the idea um, is there are people who come to the scriptures, who come to the Bible and they have no experience at all with with the scriptures. They don't understand the culture that it comes from. They don't understand a lot of things. So we not only added these little excerpts that kind of bring it to life a little more, imagining how a person might have smiled or lifted their heads or lifted their hands or, or uh, made an angry gesture or whatever it is. We added those things the way a storyteller would tell a story. Mm. Uh, and, and and again, that's the way our native cultures work. Um, you know, one of the things that that people, um, when they come to the scriptures, uh, and I didn't understand this for a long time until I actually had a chance to translate Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so Native American stories were traditionally told in ways unique to the storyteller and meaningful to the listeners. So a storyteller would draw from history, tradition, and experience. And the storyteller ensures the essence of the story is preserved without the need to present a strict word for word recital. Mm -hmm. Although there will be portions that are always word for word. Um, So all four of the gospel authors present the story of Jesus this way. If you read the, the Gospels, especially when you compare Matthew, Mark, and Luke to John, you will see that, that the timelines are different. The, the, the Sometimes the settings are different. And none of those things change the meaning of the story, but the writers, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote these things in different ways and presented them to their audience, thinking they had a certain audience they were trying tr- trying to reach. Luke often put things in a little bit different uh, terms uh, to because he's writing. He knows Gentiles are going to be listening, reading this, uh, besides Jewish people. So uh, he even I think it's Luke that says that one of the roofs of the house where they were I think it was thatched. In the other scriptures, he says they're tiled. You know because yeah. kind of houses are different, but it's still the same story. They went through the house roof. Who cares whether it was tiled or thatch except maybe the the readers or the listeners would uh, appreciate and be able to imagine it better as yeah. they listen to the story yeah so we did add those things we added a lot of cultural um things we explained what in places what passover is we explained um uh, the, the different ceremonies at times and um and set things in their uh, original uh, cultural context and in Corinthians, we actually compared some of the things that Paul said to some of our native traditions. For example, Paul talks about head coverings for women. And in our powwows, our women uh, are supposed to have a shawl. It's expected. Mm. And if you dance, if a woman dances without a shawl, boy, that's just not right. You know, everybody's going to be focused on the woman without a shawl instead of, you know, instead of the purpose of the dance that's taking place because uh, she's not respecting the traditions and, and it throws the, the purpose off. And Paul was dealing with, I believe, some of those same cultural things in the scripture um, where he was uh, uh, trying to keep the, the, the culture from interfering with the message. Mm. Or some of the uh, things that were uh, that people were free to do, but it didn't help. And so um anyway we 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 uh, put some of those things in the translation also, of course, italicized and separated from the regular text.
1: How many I don't you have to pardon my ignorance. How many nations or or peoples or languages kind of went into the translation to kind of make sure that when it's read uh, because you said at the beginning you know it's it's a translation for first nations give me one second that was the the uh, enemy of all podcasters which is ups if you have um <laughs> of course because they ring the bell okay. uh sorry so how many peoples or nations or languages all mesh together so that as it's you said at the beginning right. you know it's a it's a translation for indigenous people I mean, I can read it, but it's not, I'm not the primary demographic, correct? So how many of those things all kind of came together and how does that interweave? Because I just don't know enough about how language works for that to make sense.
0: Right. Well, uh, one of the things that we did, uh, and one of the things to understand is that this translation isn't tribally specific in the way it approaches language. There are some general things that all of our tribal nations agree on. There are uh, cultural things, ways of looking at the world,
1: worldviews. <laughs> uh, worldviews. <laughs> they're, they're wound up, sorry. Good dog, good dog. <laughs> um,
0: and so uh, our idea was to use some, uh, some of the, lang- uh, the, in the English, we all come together, and there's certain things and ways of saying things. We use terminology like we never called God, God. Uh, it's it's an English term, but uh, our native people would often call God creator or go, call God great spirit. And we had many other tribes who have different uh, ways of, of referring to the supreme being, the one above us all, the uh, the one who gave his life. There's many different ones. And so we used a portion of those in different places uh, in the scripture. But what we did have is we had a council of 12 uh, that, that oversaw the translation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we put that council together from uh, they're all from different tribal backgrounds. They're all believers in the way of Jesus. And so um but then we also had many reviewers that were part of the of the process and these reviewers were young and old and 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 uh, we had them from from over 25 different tribal heritages to make sure that as we were choosing wording in the English to relate to our native people in a general way that we didn't step on any toes or we didn't misrepresent anybody. Mm. And there are a few tribal specific things in there, but but sometimes, usually we footnoted those and 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 said why we used it and what it meant.
1: Been enough weeks. You know what that sound means. 15, 30 seconds tops. I'm gonna be back in just a second. So I, I like that you referenced earlier that um, you didn't translate sin as sin, because honestly, that that word does—it's an archery term in in the Greek. It's not even right. It's it's—I don't know. That's a different conversation. That i have. I, I love that conversation. That's a rabbit trail. That's a that's an f- old friend of mine. But what? So the, I, I tend to view scripture as a massive metaphor, trying to wrap something around the divine. But the way that stories are told in told in English are quite different from the way that stories are told both in Hebrew and in Jewish tradition and many other you know traditions that are not uh, North American. So I don't know enough of except for the little that I know. Um, but you have said that you know the histories and the stories of the Native peoples are more oral. It's more narrative driven. It's more this is how it affects me and here's the lens that I'm coming at it from. So. <laughs> Don't bark again. Um, <laughs> give me one second. I'll, I apologize. All right, uh, my apologies. I don't normally have this many interruptions. The way that language and stories are told are different for native English-speaking people versus ancient Hebrew versus I'm su- I'm assuming indigenous people. So, how difficult is it to translate a text as a pop- as a as 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 metaphorical as like the Book of Revelation, trying to wrap? a story of a story of a translation of a story into something that matches an indigenous worldview? Like, how does that, how is that easy? Is it hard? Does it require a shift of a frame of a mindset?
0: Well, it's really interesting. There's, there's over 250 specifically different languages for North America
1: Hmm.
0: uh, by, by our tribal uh, tribal people speak that many different languages. The thing is, is that all the Bibles that were translated into those languages, aren't being read by our native people. Most of them cannot read it over 90% don't read their language. Some of the elders speak their language, but the languages have been lost because of the boarding schools and other things like that. The boarding school, they were very successful. Mm. The United States was very successful in, uh, in, in trying to, uh, civilize us, so to speak, as they called it, or Mm. to assimilate us into the, the dominant culture. So, Language again, what's interesting to me is I looked at the book of Acts, and the first time when Peter gets up to talk about what just happened, because what happened was all these people that were in the upper room were speaking in the languages of nations where these Jewish people were living. And so the first time these people heard this good story and the, the beautiful things of, of God being told, it was being translated by the Holy Spirit into Jewish people in the languages of the places they've come they came from. So the story and the fact that the New Testament was translated into Greek, <laughs> it shows that from the beginning it was intended to be a translated to another culture
1: Mm.
0: from this culture. So I think all of our translations into different languages are doing the same thing, are doing what was intended from the beginning. The thing is, is it's good to have teachers that can help us with the cultural aspects Mm. because Mm. the culture doesn't always match. And so where it doesn't match, it's sometimes it's good to have teachers that show us that. And so um, someone asked how hard it was to do the book of Revelation. I found the book of Revelation the easiest mm. because it's so full of metaphors and pictures that nobody, that very few people understand anyway. <laughs> and so
1: take some liberty.
0: We just, yeah, we, well, we took liberties, but if you'll read, when you get it, get this and read Revelation, you'll find it really, uh, it, the pictures come out even more uh, um than some of the other English translations, but it's still, you still have to take those pictures of Revelation, those scriptures, and refer them back to the Hebrew Bible, the Hebrew Old Testament. Mm. And so there's a difference between translation and teaching sometimes. Translation can't isn't going to get it perfect, but it hopefully it gets enough in there so that whatever culture you're trying to reach starts identifying with some of it and gets interested in learning more.
1: Yeah, there's a part in the revelation, I think it's in chapter six, the lion who is the lamb, again, that's in that little excerpt. And I like, there's a part in here that, that just, it just speaks, reaches me. It says, look, there's a lion from the tribe of, give him praise, and then parentheses, Judah. Which really makes me wonder if you're gonna do the Old Testament translation, but that's probably way more work than you wanna bite off. And, but the tribes are given new names. What is kind of the genealogy of those different names? Like there's one for Judah, there's one for uh, root of the much loved one, which is David. Like, how do you, like, what is that?
0: Well, when, when the characters in the, uh, first of all, we, we decided to use, to, to pr- approach names in the similar way that our native people traditionally approach names. Mm-hmm. All names have meaning. And so, um, we knew that all the names in the Bible have some sort of meaning behind them. Our English names in, in, in uh, here in America actually have meaning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but a lot of people don't know those meanings. My daughter is Victoria, but that's pretty easy, isn't it? <laughs> She's the one who wins or victorious one. Um, but but yeah. so we felt like putting the meanings of the name. So we went into... Where there are he- Jewish characters, we went back to the Jewish meaning right. of the name, but we also gave it a little bit of a Native American spin to the name. Yeah. And then, secondly, all the meanings of the places, some of the places were very Greek, some had a Hebrew root to them. Where the Greek was, you still can look up the meaning of the name of the place, and yeah. it has some sort of meaning. So we that's what we did. And it turns out that the readers, especially the native readers, this is the part of the translation they love the most. Hmm. And uh, you know, one one uh, native person came to me and said, "When I read the genealogy, I finally got it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I get it now." And and because genealogies are important to native people, also. Yeah. You know the 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 what we call the the totem pole, right? Mm-hmm is really a genealogy tree. It's a, it's a, Mm. it it shows the, the, that, that clan's particular ancestry on that tree. So, uh, so that was important uh, to do. So, so yeah, um, it wasn't really, I mean, it it was a challenge. We used several different sources to find the meanings of names. And there was maybe three or four places we couldn't find a meaning. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we made one out yeah
1: <laughs> so
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, that had something to do with the story in the text and the uh and, and such
1: yeah so this is a tongue-in-cheek question but it is a serious one it's one that honestly does not concern me but i know it concerns so many people that live here um where we live so how would you answer the question if someone that says well you're messing with inerrancy Like you can't do this with the Bible. It's only King James. You know the people that are every word here can't be altered. You know the people that take Second, First or Second Timothy. You know I'm talking about where they'll. I'm sure you've heard that, but or is that ever a concern that crosses your mind? Or you're like, yeah, that's not how the Bible works.
0: Well, I resolved that in my mind a long time ago. I've never been a King James only person, but Mm -hmm. I've met people that way. Yeah, and I just lovingly disagree with them.
1: Perfect. We agree no. entirely. <laughs> so, yeah, I and like so, your answer. Actually, I resolved that a long time ago. So that sounds like a you thing. That sounds mm-hmm. whoever's telling that to you. That sounds like a sounds like you got some work to do there. I like that answer. Quite a bit. That's actually might be the best answer that anybody's ever said to that. Um, I am curious though. So, how does doing the work of translating scripture? How has it changed the way that you? do faith or your practices or or the just the way that your spirituality works now has it has it had an impact on that just the work of this
0: yeah um you know before we did the new testament i did a couple other previous books that were leading up to the new testament i did one called the birth of the chosen one uh, which is the Christmas story. Mm-hmm. And, then I, and then I did one called When the Great Spirit Walked Among Us, which is a harmony of the four gospels told in this style, native style of English. And that's what eventually led up to actually doing the whole New Testament, mm. um, which I didn't originally plan on doing. Um, but uh, so what's happened to me is I've been immersed into the story of Jesus. And, and the challenge of having to think through every passage and not only think through it and look up all the different, look at it maybe in 20, 30 different translations.
1: Yeah.
0: How did they do it? How did they say it? Why did they say it differently? And when you come across one that it's really different in different translations, there's where you head towards the experts, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There's gotta be someone out there. That's an expert on yeah. this, that we can do this. So we had the United Bible society translation guide to help us and things like that, uh, that helps translate the, the Bible into other cultures. And that was a real help because they gave, they gave some even ideas of what you would say in English to help the translator get it into another language.
1: Mm.
0: And so, um, so for me personally, it's, my faith—I used to be. I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell this. I used to be a Paul person. Paul came first in terms of understanding the New Testament for me theologically. Yeah. Jesus came second because Jesus wasn't talking to me; he was talking to the Jewish people.
1: Mm, you're the okay? Second person this week that's told me that.
0: Right. Okay. So that's the way I I was, but when I got into the scripture and immersed myself in it and had to think it through. I began to see how that Paul was really basing uh, in agreement with Jesus in so many ways. And that Paul was actually, I should interpret Paul more by Jesus than rather than interpreting Jesus by Paul. (laughs) Okay. And so, so to me, it's changed my theological thinking. Uh, It's made me more of a gospel oriented person rather than a, you know a, a, a what would you call it a a, um, a in the it, i can't remember the name of you know they have these collections of doctrine uh the dogma
1: yeah the creeds? Dogma or i whatever. don't know.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah there's a there's a name for it but but I've, i i have uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> understanding that the gospel isn't a doctrine the gospel's a story mm. And eat the gospel of Luke, the gospel of Mark, the story of Jesus. And yes, the story has a climax and that climax is important. But if you just tell people the climax of the story and don't tell them the rest of the story and don't immerse them somehow into the story, then what have you got? Yeah. You know, and so that's that's what's happened to me. That's what's helped me in this process of thinking through um, how that would be related to another culture.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I want to end with two separate questions. And I also want to say I'm extremely excited to get this version of, of but I don't know that my wife is. I have so I'm looking <laughs> at it in front well, right behind the computer screen of you. There's like five versions of the Bible. She'll say, what do we need another one for? And I'll say, cause I do, you know, it, it is what it, there are worse hobbies than to buy, than to buy different <laughs> versions of the Bible. So I, I like to tongue in cheekly play with the name of the show. So what do you as a person feel like should be the things that the body of the church should be discussing that they feel like they can't right now? And that maybe if they don't, it is going to be a massive detriment to the faith that you and I profess to have.
0: One of the things that um, I think is really important is understanding that um, the Creator, God, has given the body of Christ different graces. Just as he says in Corinthians that each member is a, each part is a member, but each member has a different purpose mm-hmm. in the body and a different grace to offer. So there are graces that come to us through different members of the body of Christ. I believe we can extend this to, from individuals to whole nations of people, to ethnic groups that the, the creator has given them a, a worldview and a way of seeing that helps us get out of our blinders and our cultural monotheistic thinking. Uh, or not, not monotheistic, I'm sorry. Our monocultural mm-hmm. thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I had a, a, a picture one time when I was praying about this and I saw different vessels in my mind. And one was an, a native pottery. The other was a Celtic pottery. The other was, you know, something with German or, or whatever whatever the, the, the different African and stuff. And, and in my mind, I, I thought, and I saw a hand pouring water into each of those kinds of different vessels and, and pottery cups. And the voice said, will you drink from all these cups? Mm. Because I, you know, I, I felt like he was showing me that he has given every culture something for the whole body and that we miss out when we don't understand or don't allow cultures to embrace the gospel within the context of who they are. Because the English speaking people, and the, the people of, of the United States, um, you know, they have that they have a certain you know way that they present the gospel and that they translate the words of the gospel and it's cultural yeah it's cultural but but that one way of thinking shouldn't dominate the world
1: hmm.
0: we need the whole body uh, so i think that might answer your question hmm. eh?
1: yeah I no, no i that yeah, especially that last little bit that's a sermon you could, you could break that apart for an hour. We can't, but you should. Somebody should. Some people have. Um, so I actually, I, said, I lied. I said I had two questions. I have three. The flag okay. behind you or the painting behind you has been drawing my attention this entire time. And yeah. for those that aren't looking at the video, there's ways to fix that. I'm not going to advertise at the moment. Um, what is that? Like there's like a flame, there's silhouette of four humans. They're pointing up at constellations or a snow-capped yeah. mountain. I can't see what, what is that?
0: Well, um, I like to put it up because when I do zoom meetings, it looks nice, (laughs) but it's a Pendleton blanket. The Pendleton blankets are made with native American designs and they're really well-respected, even though they're not native American made, they're well-respected by our people. They've done a good job of, of honoring culture. And so these blankets become gifts. This gift was given to me, this blanket. Um, uh, It's made of wool this is called the storyteller blanket. Mm. And what you're seeing is a storyteller, sitting around a fire, pointing to the story that's in the stars. Mm. And if you go back to the book of Job, and you go to what Paul says uh, in, in in Romans 10, he talks about how all, all those starry heavens are speaking to us. Mm. They're telling mm. us a story. And that every nation on earth has seen that story and has and 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 relates to it, and so uh, that that's what that blanket is. It just kind of reminds me, and it's it's something I want to tell people that we need yeah. good storytellers. That's what we might be called an evangelist, a good storyteller.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's gripped yeah. me since I saw it. Um, good, honestly, it's the white line that's so gripping. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> um, it's just so striking. Anyway, so when you Terry as a person try to wrap words around what the answer would be when someone asks you, what is God or what is the divine? Like, what do you say to that?
0: Well, one of the things um, I say, and, and I've been a believer in Jesus for gosh, what? 50 years, maybe Hmm. Uh, 45, 50 years. And I used to think I understood God. But I, the more I learn, the more I go, I don't understand God. I just have a, a little glimpse maybe into what he's like. And, and the best glimpse he's given us is he says that humans were created in his image. So we need to, to learn about God. We need to learn about each other. Because in some ways, even though we're messed up, we still bear the image of the divine and most cultures, I won't say all cultures, but I, our, our native cultures believed in a great spirit. And the word in Ojibwe is gichimanidu. It means the great mystery
1: mm.
0: or the great spirit, because spirit is mystery. And so God is somewhat mysterious, but the best view we have of him is creation around us, each other, and then also The scriptures, the new story about creator sets free Jesus and who he is, because he said, if you want to see the father, look at me. Mm. And so um, so that's the best way God is is bigger than any of us can imagine. But we do have through each other. We can have glimpses, better glimpses of who he is.
1: Mm. Where, I wonder where,
0: if, if I could share a short scripture from the First Nation version that,
1: yeah, absolutely
0: that, to kind of close this out also mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I want to read from Ephesians 4 verses 23 through 24, take off that worn out and stained outfit of your past life with its selfish desires and worthless ways of thinking. It no longer represents who you are. You are now true human beings with a new way of seeing and thinking. Put on the regalia of your new life, for you have been made new, created again to look like the one who made you, standing in a good way and walking a true and sacred path. Mm. So that's a little bit of the feel of the scripture. It says the same thing. take mm. off the old man, put on the new man, take off the old
1: self, put on the new self. Yeah. But it says
0: it in a way that that our native people really relate to.
1: Yeah, stand in a good way. I like that sentence. Good way or that portion of a sentence. Um, yeah, where should people go to kind of contribute to the work that you're doing? You have, you, you do more things than just this. Um, there's if people you know. So where do you want people to go to help participate if they feel interested in going further?
0: Yes, um, uh, firstnationsversion.com. dot We'll take you to our website. You can learn about the translation there. You can learn about who my wife and I are there. You can learn about how we did the translation. So FirstNationsversion.com is a, is a good way to start. And you can support us. We're, we're involved with native ministries, native InterVarsity, crew nations on these campus ministries. They have adopted this translation as their, their
1: mm.
0: Bible study for Bible Mm. studies and it's really having a wonderful impact
1: that's great sorry thank you again it's been a joy to talk to you I apologize again for both the UPS man Um, the other interruption was planned I knew that was coming (laughs) so I apologize for the disjointedness of that and um, it's been a pleasure to have you on and I I really look forward to reading the version of the Bible I'm I'm really looking forward to it
0: well we say miigwech bizzindawie
1: thank you for listening Now, I haven't added it up, but there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of podcasts on the internet, and I am humbled that you continue to download this one. If this is your first time here, please know that there are transcripts of these shows. Not always in real time, but I do my best. And if you go back in the logs, you can find transcripts for pretty much any episode that you'd like. The show is recorded and edited by me, but it is produced by the patron supporters of the show. That is one of the best, if not the best, way that you can support the show. If you get anything at all out of these episodes, if you think on them, or if you, you know, you're out and about and you tell your friends about it, or, hey, mom, dad, brother, sister, friend, boss, pastor, here's what I heard. What are your thoughts on that? If this is helping you in any way, and it is helping me, consider supporting the show in that manner. It is extremely inexpensive, but collectively, it is so very much helpful. I pray that you are blessed and you know that you're cherished and beloved. We'll talk soon.